Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. We are in the midst of a sermon series called The Journey Continues. And for most of January and now into early February, we are taking Sundays and we've been talking about our heart and our vision for this new to us building that we have purchased in North Belfast. And we have been talking and framing that within the kind of three things we do that we talk about all the time. Formation or spiritual formation, community, or sometimes we say family, and then impact or city and global impact. We've taken those as our overarching themes and we just keep saying we do lots of different things, but everything we do fits within formation, community, and impact. And this new to us building gives us a chance to prioritize formation, community, and impact by giving some things that we already do a home and permanence. And then it also gives us a space to do more things that we just haven't been able to to do yet and sustain. So it's a really exciting time. And last week, Alan spoke about community. And I would so encourage you to catch up with it. If you missed that, you can find it on our website. And today I want to talk about impact. What might happen in this new home as we continue to, if we continue to be people of impact. And you might be here and you might be new and you might be like, look, this is, these kind of talks, they've been kind of like visiting a family meeting. You know, it's like I'm on the outside. This is obviously God's doing something with his church. They're on the move. I'm new to that. I don't know how I feel about that. I would just invite you to consider that it might just be a wonderful window into our heart and our vision and what it might be like if you joined with us. And I just would encourage you to begin to pray, could this place be home for me? You're just going to hear a lot about our heart and our vision and who we are. So it's actually a great time for you to be checking things out. And if you are new and you want to hear more or connect more, if you would like to meet me or one of our pastoral team for a chat or a coffee or a Zoom, we would love to do that. And you can email us at info at belfastcityvineyard.com and we would love to set that up. So what do we mean by impact? Let's just jump right in. We believe that each one of us is created to impact the world in a unique way for Jesus' Jesus sake and in his strength. It's part of being a follower of Jesus. There's something missing in our lives as we follow Jesus if we are not impacting the world around us. And I want to go quickly to the scriptures for a framework for that. And then we're going to jump into some of the impacts that, that we think God is calling us to have as we begin to occupy this new to us building. Well, firstly, I believe that impact is actually ordained in creation. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, you read this, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And then he invites them to rule or steward over all 
creation. And so we see we're created in the image of God, who is an infinite, dynamic, creative, ever-working God with limitless capacity. And we bear the imprint of our loving God, who, as I said, He's limitless in His creativity and His activity. And we are in His image and likeness. We are to be like Him. We were made for this. We were made for work and for stewardship and for creativity. And we were made to impact the world and creation around us. That's why humans, whether they love God or they reject belief in God, that's why humans are always reaching for more, for progress, for change, for advancement, because there's something deep inside all of us. We bear His image, and we who love and serve God as His children are made to impact the world and to steward things, and something in us dies or goes wrong when we don't do that. I'd also point to the witness of Jesus. Jesus says unto us, follow me as his disciples, students, and friends. We're to follow him in everything, including his dynamic and dramatic impact on the world. And even now, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you, and he's interceding for me as as we move through the world. And he is interceding that we stay faithful He is interceding for us that we stand, and He's interceding for us that we actually make our mark for His sake as He is leading us on the world around us. He's interceding for impact. Well, Jesus also blessed His first disciples to impact the world in His name. John chapter 15, verse 5, really important to us as a church where Jesus says to His disciples and us who are now today His disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's this invitation to abide abide in His presence as we follow, serve, and love Him. But out of that place, we bear fruit. And that fruitfulness impacts the world around us. We were made to be close to Jesus, and we were made for fruitfulness and impact. And if you read, particularly in the New Testament, the testimony of the apostles, the first followers of Jesus, their witness to all of this, you see in their writings that their assumption is that followers of Jesus, the church, impacts the world in Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul writes clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were made for impact. When God had you in mind, He not only had who you are in mind, He had the impact that you would make on the world for His sake in mind. And when we forget impact, we lose out on becoming who we were made to be in Jesus. Formation in community over time leads to serious impact and then a legacy overflowing far Beyond us. So let's talk about what might happen in this new to us home as we look to put roots down there and as we look to be people of impact. There's so much that we could talk about. I just want to zero in on just a few. And the first is what might happen if we built a house of leadership development and sending? We've always held to the value and belief that no matter who we are, we are all sent in Jesus' name. Some of us are sent across the world, and some of us are sent across the street. And the pay is the same. It doesn't matter. We're just all sent 
ones. And part of the DNA of our community is this radical belief that we're loved and trusted by God, that we live in His care and His keeping, but we're also sent to love and serve and bless others in thousands of different creative ways. We're all His sent ones who have been given gifts and talents and interests and abilities in order to bring an impact in his name and for his sake. And one of the things I am most excited about with this new chapter of our story is the effect a permanent home will have on leadership development and us being ascending church. We have done really well in the past to press the pedal on these things, and we have seen fruit. We've raised up leaders within our own church family, and we've even raised up people and sent them out to plant churches and to go on missions and to lead other churches and to do a lot of amazing things. But I believe this building is an opportunity for us to step into this even more. We will have a permanent home to send people from and to welcome them home to. We'll have a permanent space that makes training and development easier. And I believe there is a new chapter beginning for us here. A new momentum, a new wave of this uh, about to start. Um, Last October, I had the privilege of heading over to Chicago for a weekend uh, and returning to the Evanston Vineyard Church. And for those of you that don't know, the Evanston Vineyard, just on the outskirts of Chicago there, is our mother church. Uh, There was a couple called Philip and Jackie Corrigan who were from here. Uh, They encountered the vineyard and people from the Evanston Vineyard. Uh, And then they went out for a year to train there. And then the Evanston Vineyard sent them back here to plant BCV. So they're our mother church. Uh, And along the way, Harmony and I came along and we were part of the Evanston Vineyard for a long time and felt called to Belfast and this island. And so we were raised up there and we were sent out and supported by them to come here as interns. And then, well, the rest is history. You haven't gotten rid of us yet. Well, the reason I went back in October to the Evanston Vineyard was to celebrate the legacy and ministry of the pastors of the church, Steve and Cindy Nicholson, and they had been leading that church for 43 years. And such an amazing uh, amount of ministry and just moves of God that they've seen and steward. And it was just a really special opportunity to go back. They, I, here's a picture of them, me and them at that party. And I just regard them as heroes of the faith and you know, my spiritual parents. And uh, they've been here a few times. You may recognize them from the picture. They've been deeply involved in our lives and deeply involved in our church behind the scenes over the years. And it was, again, an amazing weekend of celebrations of their legacy and the legacy of the Evanston Vineyard. And to date, the Evanston Vineyard has sent out 23 church plants and hundreds of people to go out and serve in other churches and to go out and serve in missions and in leadership and more. And we are a part of that legacy. We are one of those churches. It's really interesting. My old small group leader, a guy called Ted Kim, uh, is now leading the Evanston Vineyard. They transitioned leadership. So Steve and Cindy are retiring at 43 years. And someone I knew really, really well and really love is taking over there. And actually, the relationship between our churches is increasing because I think God is doing something um, with the legacy of the Evanston Vineyard and our 
legacy. And anyway, it was great to celebrate and be over there. We're part of that legacy. But the truth is, um, I just kind of took it as something I was going to go, a great weekend that I wouldn't want to miss. But I was thinking, I've been gone from this place for 22 years, and BCV is established. It has a life of its own. We're really focused on that. And it's nice to go back for a visit, but that was a long time ago. And what happened there was important and potent, but that part of my life, is that's over now. Well, it turns out I was in for a bit of a surprise. I found out that I am, and we are, as a church, still caught up in the legacy of what God has done in that place and is still doing. We celebrated, we had a bunch of different meetings and parties, and a couple of us spoke at uh, kind of the formal events. And then after one of the formal events, a bunch of people asked if they could come and pray for me. And so, of course, being a good vineyard person, I said, sure. And then what happened in that time of prayer was a Holy Spirit-initiated time of recommissioning. And I found out really, really quickly that I was there, yes, to celebrate, but also to be resent and recommissioned and reminded of what had happened then and what God wanted to do now, that we're still caught up in that legacy of leadership development and sending and church planting and church leadership. And the Spirit of God wants to use us in that way, in a renewed way. It absolutely has to be part of the next stage of our journey. A commitment to being a training and resourcing and releasing and sending church. And on that Saturday back in Chicago, the the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon me. But it wasn't just a nice time for Andy. I believe it was for all of us. I believe it was a recommissioning for this task in our day and in the future. And I found out you can't outrun and you can't avoid legacy. And Evanston is just part of what God is and was doing in the earth. And the truth is, we're all caught up in the legacy and mission of Jesus. And what if this building that we're about to step into allowed us to continue to build a house of leadership development and sending? And what if many of us were raised up and some sent out to different parts of our city, some sent out to different parts of our island, some sent out even across the world to carry the legacy and DNA of the kingdom of God and what he has done with Belfast? Fast City Vineyard, but also the dreams of their own to, 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 to plant, to build and lead where the Spirit of God is sending them and us. And all throughout this series we've been saying we want to put roots down in this new-to-us place in North Belfast, but that we also have a citywide vision. And what if this building was the first fruits as we train and raise up and send out leaders and teams to different parts of our city who carry our values and our DNA, but are to reproduce for themselves across neighborhoods, locations, even parishes. And what if in 10 years' time there were locations of BCV or people sent from BCV that are their own standalone church? What if there were these places planted and growing in north, south, east, and west Belfast, and even more besides? And what if we built a house that develops and sends people out? Cave Hill Methodist itself has a legacy. It's a legacy of a church plant. There was a large Methodist church on Carlisle Circus, that big roundabout there. You've probably seen that. It's unfortunately derelict now. Uh, But that church sent Cave Hill to its location as a church plant. The building we're stepping into has a church planting legacy. We are still caught up in a legacy. Who might get caught up in our legacy if we build a house of leadership and sending? 
Well, one of the things I love most about our church is that you are willing to live in the tension of the kingdom of God and contend for miracles and answers to prayer. So I think we are to renew, uh, be renewed in our calling to be a house of expectation and kingdom impact. We believe that in Jesus, the kingdom of God has broken in. It is at hand, as Jesus said in Mark chapter 1. Jesus didn't just announce that the kingdom of God was at hand or near. He demonstrated that it had come. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He stilled demonic storms. He pronounced good news to the poor and those in bondage. He demonstrated what happens when the presence of the kingdom of God comes right here and right now. Sickness goes away. Darkness has to flee. Just Justice and mercy and righteousness flow like mighty rivers. And he sent his disciples out to do what he did, not just announce and preach about the kingdom, but to demonstrate it as well. I love Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 2. It says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And we've always believed that the same applies to us. And over the years, we've seen the presence and power of the Holy Spirit spirit and God's kingdom among us. We've been a people of expectation and we've prayed for miracles, for healing. We've prayed for people to be set free from the bondage of darkness. We've placed our lives on the line for compassion and justice in our city. And it's a tension because the scriptures tell us that the kingdom is at hand and we've seen that that's true. The scriptures also tell us that the kingdom is not yet fully here. It's here, but it's not fully here, and it will come in fullness. It will be fully consummated when Jesus returns at the end of all things. It's a humbling place to live, and it's a hard place to live, because our church has its list of griefs and sorrows, but also its lists of miracles. And so we know what it's like to cry out for things and to not see what we had hoped for. We also know what it's like to see people healed and saved and set free and impacted radically by the power of Jesus. And this building is a chance to continue building on the legacy that's already there, that we are a people of expectation. We are a house that honors the spirit of the living God and leaves room for him to move in every one of our environments. We are a house and a people that continue to contend for miracles, the healing, prophetic, pushing back the work of darkness in people's lives, that fights for justice and compassion to be realities in our midst and in our city in our day. Our family prayer that we pray pray together every single week, the Lord's Prayer, even says it like this, we pray every week, let your kingdom come. We are a people who cry out, who live in the tension of the already or not yet, but cry out and expect God's kingdom to come in our midst, among us, and in our lives, and in our homes, and in our church, and in our city, and beyond. And what if as we step into a new-to-us building, what if it became known as a house of miracles? What if it was known for lots of practical wisdom, and that is all wonderful, but also what if it was known as a place where we cry out for God's presence and power in our midst, not so that we can have nice meetings, but so we can be sent and resent and equipped and strengthened for works and ministry in Jesus' name that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Or really closely linked to that, as I believe, we're to be a house of evangelism, a house of evangelism. We're to proclaim and share the gospel of Jesus with those who don't yet know him. That Jesus died for us and rose again on the third day in victory. And that now there is no condemnation for those who believe in him, but rather life and transformation and mercy now 
and forever, stretching into eternity. In and through Jesus, we are saved. We are adopted into God's family. We are forgiven. We are placed in right standing before God. We are empowered by the Spirit of God to obey and serve and love God and people and to do the works and mission and have the impact that God has ordained for us to have. We get to follow Jesus and live in deep friendship with Him forever, as well as be shaped and formed and transformed by Him on the way. We've always been a church that proclaims and lives this message, and we've seen people saved over the years in our midst. And we also now have a renewed chance with this building to continue to build a house of evangelism, certainly through teaching and preaching, but more importantly through actions and serving and our posture towards the city in opportunities like simple conversations, alpha courses, and just the... the, the day-to-day process of loving people and by talking to them about Jesus. Just imagine each of us, empowered by the Spirit, equipped to share our faith in our own way and in our own strengths, freely able to invite others to become followers of Jesus. The world is a really difficult place right now for sinners, for people who are guilty, and for those who carry shame. And the truth is, that's all of us. We're all sinners. We're all guilty in some way, shape, or form. And we all carry shame to some extent. And the good news of the gospel is that God in Jesus paid for our sin and our brokenness and our shame on the cross. And forgiveness and mercy and reconciliation is now possible with God and with one another, which is astoundingly good news for our city. What could be more compelling than a house of evangelism? Proclaiming to every single one of us and every single person in our city and beyond that there is mercy from God for sin and for shame and brokenness through faith in Jesus. And what if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people became followers of Jesus and responded to His good news because we continued to build a house of evangelism? What if that was one of the impacts that we have? Well, lastly, I want to talk about building a house for future generations. We've always done whatever we can to help families pass on faith, to see children and young people encounter and experience Jesus and faith for themselves. And I'm so grateful to our kids and our youth teams over the years have done heroic and holy and precious work helping families pass on faith to the next generation. And the truth is, it's been one of the hardest parts about doing church the way we've done it in the last couple of decades. We've never had a permanent space. We've, you know, meeting on Sundays, we've never known what we're going to find in the borrowed and rented rooms. We've always had to borrow our rent for midweek activities, which does limit what you can do and what you can dream, particularly in around children and young people. And I am so excited to see what a permanent home of our own will do to our children's ministry and our youth ministry. And instead of our teams working in miracles, in borrowed rooms, they will have permanent, flexible spaces designed to facilitate our kids and our young people encountering Jesus and building life with Him. We also, in a new and fresh way, probably for the first time in our history, are going to have a chance not just to bless the children and young people that call BCV home, but the children and young people in the surrounding areas that don't yet know Jesus. And what if that building became known as a safe place for kids and young people from that area and from all over the city? What if it becomes a place of refuge and salvation and education and investment, not just for our kids, but for any child or young person 
who can walk or get a lift or ride a bus or a bicycle to that building? What if there was homework and kids clubs and youth gatherings and outreaches and programs and dozens of ways for kids and young people to find Jesus that didn't just start with them turning up on a Sunday? What if we didn't expect that kids from the area are going to hear there's church on and want to come on Sunday morning? What if there was just so many different things that drew them in and helped introduce them to Jesus? And what if in the coming decades, people pointed to that building and said, that's the place as a child or a young person that I met Jesus. Those people welcomed me in. What if that happened? What if we invested in future generations? We built a house that invests in future generations. This building will be great for us. That's undoubtedly true. But it also has to be about investing in those who come after us. A few times recently, I've been preaching in our church and um, we've had family services going on or whatever. Everybody's in for worship and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, young, just really young kids have been in our services. And it's gotten a bit noisy. And I don't say that to shame any parent whatsoever. It wasn't that kids were behaving badly and it wasn't that parents were letting kids get away with anything. So if you're a parent of a young child, I'm not talking about it's, it's I'm not having a go. It was just kids being kids and kids being kids when they're in church and some guy like me is being a bit long-winded. So that's all that it was. But it got hard to concentrate and to preach for me as I was doing this. And I'll confess a couple of times I got really stressed and a little bit stressy on the inside. But Every time that started to happen, and I just kind of got agitated by it, I felt the Lord really speak clearly to me when I was getting really stressed. And He said to me this, as I'm right in that weird moment, it's their church too. As I was watching kids, you know, talk or cry or shout or whatever, and again, it's just kids being kids, and it's totally fine. Bring your children Please bring your children. The Lord spoke to me. It's their church too. And that was a rebuke to me. And it's something for us to remember now and forever. That our kids and young people get to know and experience Jesus and are full-on participants in our church, His church. And we get to invest and make room for them and to do some things now to set them up to go further and farther than we ever could. And what if decades from now, BCV is still alive and well and vibrant, led by those who came to faith and grew up in this church. Back in 2014, we did a giving campaign for a building. And we raised a few hundred thousand pounds back then, which set us up to be able to purchase the building we've just bought debt-free. And the first person that gave to that was a little boy, part of our church, uh, who heard about this in children's ministry. And he gave one pound, a pound coin. I'm going to show you a picture of it right now. He gave that. um, This is the actual pound coin that he gave. He gave it out of his own pocket money. And I was really impacted by that. And I felt like it was really, really significant. So what I did is I took a pound of my own and put it in the fund so that his gift counted. But I kept his pound coin. And I actually taped it to my wall in my office. And it just was something that I felt was so significant that this child was leading the way in investing in this building and all that God might do. And he gave 
generously and sacrificially to it. And any time I've felt despairing in the search or felt overwhelmed in the search for a building in the home that we're now about to step into, I just looked at that coin and I remembered his gift. He led the way in investing and he led the way in giving and he was prepared to build this house. And I want to follow his lead and I hope that you do too. And I want to set him up and I want to set his children up I want to set his grandchildren up and beyond. I want to invest in the future. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people across the city and beyond step into a legacy of Jesus that we began. So as we look to this week of prayer and fasting that's ahead of us, let's prepare to encounter Jesus. Let's prepare to pray and fast and give this week. And let's get ready for joy as we see what our God does in our midst and with our own hearts. This is about a building, but it's about much, much more than that. It's a chance to go further into the love and growth and mission and assignment Jesus has for us and to step into some of the impact that he has for us. It's an opportunity for us to plant trees for the benefit of others who will come long after us. And as we continue to put roots down into formation and community and impact, it's going to overflow and touch many. So let's not fail to seize this wonderful opportunity from Jesus. I want to close by praying for us and just have a few things that I think the Lord is upon us for. And um, just that kingdom expectation and the power of the Holy Spirit and being a house that, that leans into that. When I first became part of the Vineyard Church long ago back in Evanston, when I realized, when they told me that the kingdom of God and following Jesus wasn't just words, that we could be used by Him, that we could experience His presence and power for us and also experience His presence and power and and we could be used by Him to impact the world, I was ruined and I wanted that and I want to pray for you because I believe some of you are crying out to be used that way and you're crying out for a move of the Holy Spirit and to to just be renewed in that way. And I want to pray for you. Others of us, you heard me talk about future generations and kids and youth, and you're just cut to the heart. Maybe you've had to step away from serving in kids and youth uh, because of the pandemic and other things, and like no judgment, that's that's fine. Um, but you're just like the Spirit of God is drawing you back in. Others of you, you've never served there before, but all of a sudden you've got a heart. You've got a heart to serve and you want to pass, help pass on faith to the next generation. Others of you, your parents, and you know like we need to step it up because we want to pass on our faith to our kids. I want to pray for you and you'll have an opportunity to join a kids or a youth team if you want to take that step. But we just want to pray over that space. Others of you, when I talked about evangelism, your heart began to beat and your hands began to sweat because you know you're made to share Jesus with people. We want to pray for you. And I'm going to end by praying over all of us that we step into this new anointing and calling. I'm going to commission us as a church to step into that calling of leadership development and sending so that we might see amazing things in the coming decades. So Holy Spirit, would you fall upon the vineyard for those men and women who are just, their hearts are burning about the power of the Holy Spirit being upon them and doing the, the works of Jesus and not just saying the words of Jesus. We pray for that, Lord. So would you fan into flame gifts of healing? Would you fan into flame prophetic giftings and 
And I pray that you would empower us to cry out again for miracles and to take risks and to share our faith with people and to press in for miracles and to build this house, Lord. So would you stir us up? Holy Spirit, would you stir things up amongst us? And we say we would love nothing more than to go into this building in a wave of the power of the Holy Spirit. So fall on us now. I pray for those men and women who are just cut to the heart over kids and youth. Lord, would a generation be rising up who were willing to pay the price so that children and young people hear about Jesus in compelling ways. Lord, I pray uh, that we would be able to expand radically what we're able to do around children and young people and passing on faith. I pray for parents. Would you stir us up that we might be renewed in our calling to pass on faith at home. Lord, we just pray that we would see uh, in the the years and decades to come our children uh, being strong in you and, and beginning to lead in you. Lord, we just want that to happen. We pray for a wave of evangelism, Lord. We pray that we would be known as a house of evangelism, Lord. So would you seek and save the lost, and would you use us to share the message, Lord? Would you give us courage? Would you give us hope? Would you give us opportunities to see what you're already doing amongst our friends and neighbors? And then lastly, I just bless you, BCV. I recommission you. Whatever the Spirit of, Spirit of God, whatever you did with me to recommission me back in October, I ask that you do it now amongst our people. Would you call people to leadership? Would you call people to leadership in every sphere of life? Would you fan into flame church planters and pastors and leaders and missionaries, Lord, and may we embrace this opportunity to be a ascending church that raises up leaders and sends them out to serve in the workplace, to serve in the home, to serve in our city, to serve in our church, and to go out and then plant other churches and communities, Lord. We ask that you would recommission us, and I bless you, BCV, to be that church. We receive our legacy and we continue moving forward. We bless you to be leaders and we bless you to be a community that sends out people to bring impact in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.